I'm Nicole Wakeland. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg-Hull. And this is Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. We travel the world, stay in the best hotels, drive the newest cars, and have off-the-beaten-path adventures. And we're going to tell you all about it. Let's buckle up and hit the road. Let's hit the road. Angry Eileen. Damn it. Hit the road. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're going to start off talking about... We're going to call this episode, and should I give it a title, Eileen? The Evolution of Premium. Pathway to Premium. Yes, Pathway to Premium. And we're going to talk about the Kia EV6. And your first thought might be not so much a premium. Kia is not premium, but actually, that is kind of where they're aspiring to be with the EV6. Um, this is a battery electric vehicle, so you don't need gas. It's sort of the companion brother, sibling to the Ionic 5 from Hyundai, but it's very different than that. Um, compact, but a lot of room, um, charges very quickly. So it's, you know, you're thinking, okay, so it's an EV, but what kind of makes this a premium car, Eileen? Well, I do think that one of the things Kia has going for it is that they've kind of stumbled out of the blocks into this not premium. And now people are getting introduced to premium, but they're doing it in the right way. They're not just doing it with marketing. They're doing it with high quality materials. They're doing it with elegant design, but also intriguing design. I mean, EV6 has a really cool grill and that backside is so unique and different. It's a little Aston Martin DBX like in the way it's light signature is back there, but it's just, it's really different. And you get inside of it and you say, you know what? This is a $50,000 car. I see it. I don't I don't just see that it's a battery electric vehicle and it's really expensive. I see that this really feels like a $50,000 car. Right. And there's a thing where you think about brands like Kia and Hyundai and you sort of think that they're the affordable brand, the one that, you know, okay, you're looking for a bargain. You're going to go with those guys. So you're going to get something that feels like it's a bargain. But again, this starts at $41,000-ish, so it's not a cheap vehicle. It you know goes up past the $50,000 mark, but it feels like it. You get a lot of features. You get that premium vibe and the quality of the materials and the design and the whole overall aesthetic of the interior of the cars. And I think that's something that Kia is really trying to cultivate. And you know the EV6 was a great opportunity for them to do that, and I feel that they definitely they definitely achieved that. And it's not just for us is when we're out there, it's not just that they're saying, here's a car, go drive it, you know, come up with whatever you think of it. They try to sort of create the environment that they want us to sort of associate with a car by the places that we go. And we stayed in a pretty nifty hotel. Yeah. So we flew into San Francisco and then we took the, I'm going to say delightful drive up to Napa, which is about an hour and 45 minutes, but it was beyond Napa. It was in Hedelsburg, which I always mispronounce, um, but it is it is a little north of Napa itself and, and north of Yountville and all of that. Uh, we stayed at the Montage Hedelsburg, which is a new resort. It opened in December. Um, I know you've been there before, Nicole. You were there with the Subaru program back in December. Yes, we were there for a Subaru program. And the funny thing is like, I'm from New England. So I think everything in California should be toasty and warm. First time I was there, it was freezing cold, torrential downpours and it ruined my shoes. Second time I was there, once again, chilly. So I don't know what happened. I feel like California broke while we were there and it was cold. (laughs) Napa is always colder than I realize. Napa and Scottsdale are always colder than I remember. It's like you need two different wardrobes, especially in February and March when it's like 80 during the day and 30 at night. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But anyway, the resort's beautiful. It's, it it's, is. It's absolutely beautiful. It sits on acres of land and it's very secluded and private. Uh, there's these casita-like rooms. So it's not like a traditional hotel. It's set back from the road. And in between the different casitas, there's all these vineyards. 
And um, I could just imagine when it is warm there and toasty, like especially summer and then going into autumn for the harvest season, it's just going to be an absolutely gorgeous resort to stay at with with everything. It's going to be like a real luxury Napa experience. Yes. And because you are staying in wine country, they have this little bottle of wine when you in your room. It's like a split of wine. And it was funny. I took a picture and I sent it home and my husband's like, oh, there's blueberries on the label. I'm like, or, or grapes because wine. Aww. So yeah, I was like, oh, sweetie, that's cute. But poor yes, engineer. Get, I know our poor engineer. <laughs> like he's like, wait, <laughs> pictures and understand there's no numbers. So you got a nice little bottle of wine. So you get this real vibe of like, okay, I'm here. I'm relaxing. I'm going to, you know, enjoy myself. And again, in keeping with the EV6, it's not, it's not this just a uh, whatever base model, cheap car. It's, it's a really elegant, beautiful car inside. It's sort of that aspirational premium. Like not that you're aspiring, aspiring to have a luxury car, but Kia's aspiring to build something that's a more premium car. Um, they had a really interesting drive route planned out for us. Yeah, so they designed the routes to just be you know, to show off the dynamics of the car, to show off the experience of the car and being in it and to show off everything that it can do and that it's built for. And so, you know, you take off outside of the resort and it is that typical, I'm going to call it the Napa Street streets, right? You have the the very horizontal roads that you get in the West. And um, as we went out those very horizontal roads, um, not much, you know, not much twisties at first, but a good opportunity to get up to speed and kind of see what the powertrain's made of and all of that. And um, we had a lovely time in that. And then uh, we had our first stop. Okay. Which was... Yeah, I, you know, I love that they try to do really creative stuff and like, we're going to take you to this really nifty spot for you to take a break and get some coffee and have a donut, which I think there were donuts even. But we stopped... Oh, there were donuts. There were donuts and the other fancy there pastries. There were donuts. There were really good yeah, donuts. really good pastries. But we stopped at the Old Faithful Geyser of California. It's not the old faithful you know from your pictures with a buffalo or bison or whatever. This is the old faithful geyser of California. How impressed were you with the old faithful geyser of California, Eileen? Well, let me just say this. <laughs> you know when you have kids and they're little and you read about something online or you've read a brochure and you're like, okay, the kids are going to love this. And then you decide that we're all going to go. We're going to pack every car. You are invested in it. You've brought a lunch. You have made plans. This is your day. And then... You get there and it is just like not the pictures in the brochure. You're like, this has been through two owners since then and the paint is peeling and there's no lush grass. And let's just say that the the Old Faithful Geyser did not live up to its tourist brochure hype. It did not. Um, it was it was interesting in theory, yes. but in reality, the geyser wasn't even working no. or operable or whatever a geyser naturally is, whatever the flowing, um, it was not spurting. <laughs> so there was no spurting. There was very little grass. There were some goats that were cute. One was hobbled, but it was adorable. And then, you know, it was, it was, it was a spot. It was a destination. So it wouldn't like be first on my list. If you went there and maybe, you know, the geyser was geysering then it would be kind of nifty. But right now it's just sort of like a hole in the ground. You're like, here it is. If it was working. It, <laughs> it looks like one of those places where Wiley e. Coyote died. Yes. In the cartoons. Yes. Like, and, and you know, it's just, it's different. Yeah. It is. So, it's, 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 not, it's not a place I would add to my itinerary in the future. I'm glad you have been. I have been to now the old faithful geyser of California. Right. And, uh, you know, that's where we are with it. But then we went, we, we drove from there and things got better. We drove to someplace called the boat, 
boutique, not boutique. I'm not mispronouncing. It's called the boutique, like boats that sail in the winer, uh, the winer, <laughs> boats that sail in the water, the boutique winery, which is just trying to create a name that I can't say. So again, we're somewhere, there's again, no actual water, much like the geyser had no actual water. There's no water at this winery, but they did have this really cool room for us that had these beautiful boats on display and a lovely lunch set up. And that was where we sort of did our swap where we went into a different trim level of the car. We started with more of a base trim and we moved up a trim level when we took the drive back to the hotel after lunch. Um, and it was cool because when you drive in, there's all these olive trees, which I don't know anything about trees, but I know olive trees because of a QX60 drive that we both did a couple of months back now, Eileen, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was late November we went um, in Napa again, always in Napa. Yeah, Not always in Napa, but always in Napa. A lot. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the boutique, so we took the drive, really twisty roads, switched out to even twistier roads, but with the all-wheel drive, which just made the world of difference. I mean, that 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 they've nailed it. They've nailed it with that car on those roads. But anyway, yeah, so the olive trees, you know, gorgeous antique olive trees. They have to just line the entrance to this winery. You go back, the winery is sitting back there, and you walk in, and there's like millions of dollars in antique wooden boats. They made me think of the ones from like um, the Indiana Jones movie where he's having the, he's in Venice and he's he's trying to escape the bad guys and they're doing the boat chase in the water. It made me think of Indiana Jones, all those boats. I think they're Chris Craft boats are the one I'm thinking of. They have the beautiful wood and Indiana Jones wasn't there, which was a little disappointing. You're right about the Chris Craft, never seen Indiana Jones. Oh, see? I'm going to put that out there. How I know, could right? you have never I, seen I've, Indiana Jones? I have missed many cultural touchstones, as our listeners will find out. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm more fun than I, I come off. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so we went, and very cool, very cool winery. Um, didn't get a chance to taste the wine because obviously we were driving. driving. Um, need to pop back next time when I'm not driving. Those olive trees are really cool. We've done a bunch of olive oil tastings and things like that along the way. But this one ranch we went to um, out in Petaluma, California, uh, on the other, uh, closer to the coast of California, up north of San Francisco, uh, was really different, not just because of the acres and acres and acres of olive trees they have, but because of the owner and the founder of the facility itself. On that note, we will be right back with Fast Women, brought to you by Newsweek. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So as we come back, we're now going from olive trees at the Boutique Winery to olive trees at the McAvoy Ranch, which is where we stopped on the Infinity QX60 drive. Uh, again, that whole like upscale thing where you've got olive trees and you sample olive oil and you walk around and look at all the prettiness. It's a beautiful place. But what made it kind of neat was the story behind the ranch. It was started by someone named Nan Tucker McAvoy. Her family founded the San Francisco Chronicle and after Nan retired. So it wasn't even like this was her lifelong thing to start this place. After she retired, when most people like kick back and do nothing, she started this ranch and on it, there's all these olive trees. It's this beautiful place. She's 
kind of an interesting person because she was an heiress. She's like a newspaper heiress. And when she's done, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this newspaper thing anymore, but I'm going to come up with this really cool ranch. And now you can buy this olive oil all over the place. They had olive oil. They had wines. It was a really amazing location to do a lunch stop. And in keeping again with that sort of fancy you know, that vibe, that upscale vibe, what would you do? You're driving around in an infinity QX60. You're up and, you know, you're, you're going on a little cruise with your hubby or whatever, and you're going to stop someplace kind of shishi. And that ranch totally fits that idea. Um, and when we left, we went someplace very not shishi. Eileen, where did we wander to <laughs> that was well, not part okay. of our drive route? <laughs> so this is where we let everybody know that sometimes Nicole and I go off the itinerary. Just a bit. And just a bit, just a touch. Um, so... And I will say this, the automakers all are very aware of this. So we're not we're not letting you in on a secret. Um, but we do go a little bit differently because we find that, you know, the vehicle, the vehicle drives us. Right. So we want to have different experiences and not just everything to be curated for us. We want to have some authenticity to that. So we stopped at a cute little coffee shop in Petaluma, which if you haven't been to Petaluma, California, it is an adorable little city, um, a great city for stopping, parking, walking around. Um, but this time we happen to be driving through and in typical fashion, when Nicole and I are together, she was driving and I was sitting in the passenger seat. I saw a sign that said Petaluma Pie Company. I exclaimed loudly, pointed <laughs> across the car and yelled, stop, 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 stop. We need pie. And so Nicole, obliging as always, found the closest parking spot and we went on a hunt for pie, which yes. took us through this little back alley in Petaluma. Um, Back alley, not nearly as seedy as the word would uh, have you believe it is. It was a cute um, back alley, one you wouldn't be afraid of walking down at night. It was a, an adorable back alley with little flowers and stuff. And murals and things. It was very murals. cute. It was very, very cute. Lovely. It was a cute city. Um, yep. Yeah. And so we found this little pie shop that uh, had both, I'm going to say single serving because it makes me feel better that I ate it in a single serving. Single serving. It's probably <laughs> Any for two pie to three can people. be single serving. It doesn't really matter how big it is. You can make it single serving if you want to. I like the way you think. That's why we're friends. So, <laughs> so single size pie. Um, and then also a traditional sized pie yes but we got two different sizes of pie uh not two different sizes two different flavors of pie and um i know i chose lemon meringue and do we figure remember what yours is i couldn't figure out exactly what, what it was because i like mixed berry pies and it was all these berries it was the kind of thing that i knew if i ate it in the car i would get it on the car and infinity would probably not be happy with me because it was like dark blackberries and all this stuff and i figured they didn't want that on the seats but um it was this really yummy berry pie so it was that you did really like good. Yeah. So we, but we had our pies because pie is kind of a thing. Like when you see signs for pie, you should stop for the sign for pie. Like why would you not try pie? Who just drives by a sign that says pie? I don't know, but they're not human. That's they're all I know. Human. I know. Replicants. I know. Humans, humans like pie. Uh, yes. So yeah. So we 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 went to the pie shop and then we continued on our journey and back through the land of Napa. Do you remember where we went next to the uh, the art estate? Oh my gosh, it had the scariest thing at it. It was supposed <laughs> to be it was supposed to be this fancy modern art. Um I don't know, I was supposed to be inspired or something. It was a giant spider. And I'm not like, oh, like large spider, spread your hand out, size your head. No, like clear all the furniture from your living room and put a giant life-size spider that bursts its head through your ceiling and it's like legs go out your windows. Is that an accurate description of the spider? That is, that is. We went to the Donham estate um, and the sculpture you were discussing is Crouching Spider by Louise Bergois. 
probably mispronouncing that, but Bergois nonetheless. And, um, it, you know, it is, it's a very cool sculpture, but definitely if you're not into spiders, as I know Nicole is very it's not a into spider, spiders. a giant spider, like something from a 1950s movie that's been mutated because of nuclear radiation. And now it's in your living room. Oh, it's, it's easily 20 feet. I mean, it's, it it's huge. huge. It has its own special climate-controlled facility where it just sits on display. Um, but then around the estate, so you drive in, you drive in through this beautiful lined, uh, I think it's gravel, just kind of driveway, uh, gravel or paved, one or the other. Um, but it's very elegant. And you see yes. there's this giant head statue. I'm talking like two, three stories tall, giant head that looks different every which way you look at it. Like there's mm-hmm. no, it is, it's unsettling in every direction. It's not that there is a, a better or a worse side of it. It's like the eyes in like a creepy painting in a cheesy horror movie that the eyes are moving because there's really a person back there who's actually stalking you yes. and going to kill you in your sleep. It's doing yes. that, except it's a giant, like 30 foot tall, I don't know, gigantic statue of a it head. It was a thing. It was this a was thing. an interesting place, but it was, I have no idea how they picked this. I have no, I, I can say this is not the place that I would go with my husband if I was away for a weekend. Cause I'd be like, no, if you're taking him to someplace with a giant spider, I don't care if it's real or not. I'm not going there. But I will say like, if you're into art and you're into more abstract things yes. um, and into modern art, it is a great place. They do have a winery on site. So you can, you know, grab a glass of wine, wander and do a little art tour. Um, there's a very interesting fountain of a woman's bosom that is oh, there. Yeah, the boob fountain. The, the, the six boob fountain. Um, six boob fountain. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's something. That's what it was, people. Um, <laughs> and then, um, but there's all sorts of stuff. It, it's, you know, it's, it's, if you're into that sort of thing, it's very cool. Um, yeah. but it is a large estate. So, so yeah, so that we, that's definitely a premium, premium space, uh, that estate is and the wine and, and all of that. And I believe we did a tea ceremony or something. We while did. We, were we had some well. tea. It was actually this lovely, beautiful place aside from the scary giant spider and the weird head that was out front, but it was, it was lovely. Yeah, it was, it I would was not cool. be going there. Eileen, it was freaking me out. As soon as I saw that spider, I'm like, no, they're not making us walk down there, but they did. I will so. never, never make you go back there. Never, ever I never, again. I will never, I will never take you back there. Please don't do that to me. So we went from that. Now we've been in Napa now. Should we move on to the next? The next tier of luxury? The next tier of luxury. Why don't we tell them that when we come right back from break? Sounds like a good plan. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Women is back, and we're moving from Napa to Scottsdale, Arizona, where we drove the Lincoln Navigator, which instead of being a brand that you think of as being sort of like a, an affordable brand that's trying to stretch itself into something more luxurious, is absolutely 100% a luxury brand through and through. In fact, it's a, what is it, 100 years old? I'm remembering, is it their anniversary this year, 100 years of Lincoln? Yeah, so this year is the 100-year anniversary from the time that Lincoln was acquired by Ford. Um, interesting history there. 
quite a bit of falling out amongst uh, the Leyland family who founded Lincoln and the Ford family who obviously founded Ford. We've persisted nonetheless. The Lincoln brand is still around, if you haven't heard, um, you know, limited number of vehicles right now. But we were in the Navigator, which is its flagship, its biggest, its most elegant, its most expensive vehicle in Scottsdale, where, like we were saying earlier in the show, you know, you're never quite sure what the temperature is going to be at night or during the day. And you're never it's it's a layering situation in Scottsdale this time of year. I just I can't get by the fact I think because I'm in the Northeast, I always think that if you're someplace where there's desert, it should just be warm all the time, like a cowboy movie. And if you if you venture out without your hat and your little thing of water, you're going to immediately die. So when I get to the desert, it's like, how is it so cold? It's broken. It doesn't fit with any of my preconceived notions about desert. I don't think I've ever (laughs) seen John wearing wear short sleeves, but you do see a fair amount of cowboy boots. I do. And I own some. I do wear my cowboy boots when I'm in there. I do. I didn't wear them there because they beep when you go through security and I hate the beeping. Boots beep. You have to take off your shoes because there's there's metal cowboy boots. Oh. There's metal in there and they beep, so you can't wear your shoes through even if you have the fancy TSA pre-check, and then you have to walk in your bare feet. Much like I don't like spiders, I don't like walking through my stocking feet through security. I have these issues. But so we're driving the Lincoln Navigator. Uh, we went out to check this out, and we stayed at this resort that was so in keeping with the spirit of this vehicle. We were at the Arizona Biltmore, which is this. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright inspired building um, started, I think it was built in 1929, if I have the right yeah, year. Yeah, back I in believe. the 20s. And you can certainly tell, I mean, and, and you can certainly tell by its architecture, certainly not by the way it is inside. Um, it has been recently revamped. I mean, totally new outdoor space. The rooms have been redone. It is gorgeous. I, I love it. We've stayed here multiple times. That's actually where our husbands met for the first time um, when we dragged them yep. along on a program with us. Um, willingly dragged yes, them. Yes, on Alexis on Drive. Alexis Drive. Yes. Um, so we stayed there a number yep. of times. It is by far uh, the nicest I have ever seen it. And it is one of my favorite resorts to stay at. The grounds are beautiful. Big, lush, grassy landscapes and flowers all around. Even when we were there, I mean, it wasn't necessarily hospitable to flowers at uh, 20 or 30 degrees, but it was lovely. And I, yes. I love that resort. It's, it's, it's beautiful. beautiful. The architecture is amazing. I only think that I got momentarily lost because the, the, the all of the little buildings have names to them. And then there's numbers that go with the names. And all they did was hand me numbers. And there were there was no name. And I literally am standing there like spinning around and I'm like, I can't find my, all the buildings have names and they gave me a number and I don't have a name to go with it. And some random hotel guy stops. He's like, you look confused. I'm like, I am. Please point me to my room. <laughs> I love how you're telling this story and you were leaving out the most important detail, which is that you called me in a panic well, saying, I, I don't know where I am or where I'm going. I'm like, and my to map which doesn't I... work. My map's not mapping. Somebody help me. <laughs> and then I had to go out on my balcony to look to see if I could see her like Simba looking over the land to see all that I surveyed to see if I could find Nicole. And if so, if I could bring her direction wise over the phone. But alas, thank you. There was a bellman who was yes, able to there help. Was, because he took pity on you, me. You were not to be seen. I don't know where you ever were. And I was so tired. I've been up all day. I'm like dragging my luggage. I'm still dressed for New Hampshire. So I have like, you know, winter coat, heavy clothes. I'm like, it's getting really hot here. This is the part where you die in the desert. I'm going to die. So (laughs) I love how you say you're going to die in the desert at a five-star, four-star luxury resort with a a coffee shop right next to you. Yeah. Oh, and the coffee shop was so yummy. It opened at six o'clock in the morning, which you're thinking who's up at 6 a.m. Everybody who just came in from the East Coast. So it was nice to not have to wait till that 
like eight o'clock breakfast because suddenly your breakfast is at lunch and you're cranky and you need coffee. I had a lot of coffee at that hotel. They make really you good did. Well, coffee. Well, you always like, they always have the London Fog and you love yes. a London Fog latte. L- London, which technically isn't coffee, but it's in like, it's like coffee adjacent. So I go from coffee to London Fog, from coffee to London Fog. So. I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah. coffee adjacent. So yeah. we, no, it's so, great. I, I love that place. Yeah. So that was our home base was the Arizona Biltmore. And then for our drive, they actually took us to a place that had more coffee, which, you know, plus one Lincoln. They have these boutiques. This was the Sanderson Lincoln Scottsdale Boutique, which instead of going to a dealership, you're going to sort of, it's, it's a little like an experiential, experiential. That's a big word. Experiential. It's It's okay. Experiential space so that you can see the vehicles. And they literally do have this giant coffee bar. Well, they'll make you any kind of coffee that you want. There's a little table set up. So it's sort of to just see and experience and get a feel for what Lincoln's offering rather than just a traditional dealership where you walk in and somebody, someone immediately accosts you and says, Hey, what can I sell you today? Because that's not a luxury vibe. Yeah, this is kind of more like the Tesla boutiques that we're seeing, plus coffee shop, uh, and other kind of this larger trend in the industry to put vehicles where customers are, rather than making them go to a motor mile. And it's very, a motor mile, a motor mile, rather than making them go to a motor mile. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that it's, it's a really cool innovation, right? For the, for the brand and for, uh, for the auto industry itself. I know Lincoln, the Lincoln president, Joy, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, but I think it's Falarico, uh, was very passionate about creating these boutiques and creating this user experience to not just introduce Lincoln to uh, new customers. You know, if it's based next to a Lululemon or an Athleta, you've you've seen different types of customers come and go, but also to reintroduce Lincoln and to make it a part of a relevant conversation. Uh, it has kind of fallen in brand prestige as we see more high-end luxury brands and and premium brands really push to luxury Um but, you know, the new Navigator is still there. And you and I rode over there in the back seat of one, which normally, or not the back seat, the middle seat, the second row. Yes, second um, row. We don't normally sit in the second row on drive programs, really. We get in there just to kind of see how it is, but we don't experience it. And this was kind of cool to be able to drive like we were being chauffeured. Um, not like we were, we were chauffeured. Yeah, and that's the idea because this is the kind of car that you could either use if you have your family and you just want to have this beautiful SUV to take them in that's super, super comfortable. That's, you know, I can't imagine putting your kids in something this pretty because I cringe at what my kids would do to an interior like that when they were little, but it's just this beautiful, comfy car that could equally be like, put your friends and go for a night on the town, or if you're going for a drive, or if you were someone like as a a limo type car, you know, it's the kind of thing you can see yourself just getting picked up in and just riding in the back. It is super comfortable, very quiet and absolutely beautiful. It feels, it smells like a luxury car. It feels like a luxury car that the the textures and of the, the wood that's on some of the trims and the leathers, it, and when you're just, you know, lounging, riding in the second row, that is, that's a pretty cool experience. And it, it does, you know, it's like you said, Lincoln is a brand that it's a prestige brand. It's a luxury brand, but it's sort of fallen in popularity. And I think things like the boutique they're doing and what they've done with the inside of the navigator really give people cause to look and say, okay, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't a, a has been brand. This is a very relevant brand that's producing beautiful quality luxury vehicles. Absolutely. And two of the things that really stood out to me as passengers in the second row were the massaging seats, um, the, you know, different mm-hmm. levels of massage, different programs. Um, and, and they accurately hit the points of the body in which we're on the graphic, which is, you know, always a question. Um, <laughs> if uh, I've been poked in the bottom in places I did not realize I was going to be poked um, numerous times while driving. And that is a whole conversation of itself. Um, by the massaging seats, to be very clear, the massaging seats. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, yeah just need to clean seats. that one up. Um, but yeah, so the massaging seats, but also we were sitting back there and we were kind of fiddling with the rear entertainment system. You and I each had a screen in front of us and I know I tried using Amazon Prime and it was just seamless. I mean, the screens are beautiful, high resolution screens, very easy to use. Um, I was really impressed, like you were saying, with the rear experience, the second row experience, the second row experience. That's what we're going for. Okay, be the careful, row, I know. Yes. Um, so yeah, so so that sort of thing. So that that was kind of the cool part was getting to see the boutique, you know, getting a latte made. You get to meet the baristas who are also kind of your sales experts and, and you get to be in there for that journey. But then you and I got on the road and where did we go, Nicole? Once we got onto the road, we drove to a town called Payson, P-A-Y-S-O-N, Payson. And there um, we got an entirely different experience. It also included more coffee, but should we take a quick break and then come back? Yeah, let's come back and we'll tell them all about Payson, Arizona and the rest of our experience. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back and we are driving the Lincoln Navigator. We took it to Payson, Arizona. On the way, we stopped at, in addition to pie being a thing, coffee is a thing, if you haven't been able to tell. And there's Dutch Brothers coffee shops out in... You're going Pacific Northwest. Arizona, I believe there might be one in Nevada. I don't really remember, but mostly Pacific Northwest. And then I'm going to guess that somebody wanted to retire and then also open new locations around the Phoenix area. Um, So there are a few. (laughs) I would totally retire and open one near me just so that I could have one. Like I'll put one here in the Northeast just so I can have them because they are the happiest coffee baristas that you will ever meet in your entire life. They're the nicest people. And not only is their coffee really, really good, but they have these cute little messages. It's like, have a happy day. Enjoy life. Coffee is good, like on their label. So you never know what kind of little positive, affirmational little message you're going to get out of your coffee. But like, I don't feel like it's creepy. Like sometimes you go to Starbucks and like you order and then they're like, how are you? And it's just this forced level of creepiness. I feel like Dutch Brothers is more genuine. Not that there's anything wrong with Starbucks, but I just feel like Dutch Brothers is slightly more genuine. And like, they're just so happy to live and share. And I'm just like, if I had that level of happiness, I would be ineffective because I would just be like seeing rainbows and stars and unicorns all day long. Like it's, it's just a level that I aspire to in terms of happiness and unjadedness. It's like the happiest little coffee shop. It's just a little bright spot of joy. And we have an occasion like not planned to go to one and then we see one. It will cause us to go off the route, make U-turns, you know, all those sorts of things so that we can get our coffee. So we stopped at Dutch Brothers and had our wonderful little coffee. And then we continued on and we were driving. I should mention the first time we drove the reserve trim, there's a variety of trims. So we weren't in the top fanciest, all the things you could possibly put on a navigator we're in like one step we're in the middle trim so we drove the reserve and I took it to this golf club it was called the rim golf club and much like I complained about things in 
places it should be warm being cold. We got out to take pictures on the way to this golf club and it sleeted on us. We were in Arizona. It was hailing. Hail. I it was, was like, hail what? and sleet. Yeah. And it was freezing cold. So we, we didn't, we got to lunch at this beautiful golf course where they told us that we could hit a few golf balls. A, I probably shouldn't be doing that because the golf balls would probably, I would aim straight and somehow manage to get it to go sideways and break a windshield and a navigator. That's how well I golf. But it was freezing cold, so we did not golf. But they did give us, I now have three little Lincoln-branded golf balls. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. I don't play golf. I have no idea. But it was kind of nifty. So it was in keeping with the whole theme. And again, we're going, you would go and you would have, you know, lunch with the ladies or go golfing with the guys or whatever. So it's in keeping with the whole upscale Lincoln Navigator vibe that was going on. Um, And the reserve trim, even though it's not the top black label trims, it still feels like luxury car. Like this isn't the kind of car where if you go down a trim level, you're suddenly like, oh, I lost all this stuff that makes this feel cool and luxurious. Nope, doesn't matter what you get. You just get more and more luxury as you move up, but it still has that beautiful ride. It's still very comfortable. It still has, you know, very highly adjustable seats and great trims and great materials. So that was what we drove to lunch. But then when we headed back from lunch, Eileen, we decided to hop into the Lincoln Navigator Central Park. Which sounds Ooh. very exciting. Very exciting. It, uh, it had this beautiful green paint job that under some conditions looked almost black, but in bright light, yeah. it was this bright, vibrant green. It was it was gorgeous. That was that was far and away the best part of the car. And then we moved to the interior and with this black, Lincoln black label is, is their signature highest level of service, highest level of appointments, uh, highest level of quality, et cetera. So Inside, there's these beautiful wood uh, accents throughout the cabin that have this dub. I think it's called double edge laser etching. Something I think, I think you it's got double, it right. it double laser etched, fancy laser etching. Fancy laser etching. It's the first time that. they've used it in the industry. Mm-hmm. I do know that, and it was it was kind of this gold accent, and it had a rendering, a a a, a version an artist's version <laughs> of Central Park. And I have to say, it was supposed to be, I guess, um, a cityscape kind of like the, with the city blocks. Like you're looking at a map. Um, yeah. Not the most <laughs> accurate rendering of the Central Park area. I feel like um, it was more like an Adidas shoe. If I'm going to be, it did. And once she said that, she's like, it looks like a shoe print. You know, if you saw someone's sneaker print on the ground, like in the dirt, as soon as Eileen said that, I thought, well, now I can't unsee that. All I see is a giant sneaker print on the dashboard. Thanks. And that's all I see. <laughs> I look at it. I'm like, that's not Central Park. That's Asics, golden Asics. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's fine, right? I mean, it, it, if you didn't tell me it was Central Park, I just think it was this cool design. It'd be totally fine. But since you've told right. me it's Central Park, now I know it doesn't look like Central Park. Uh, so that was my yeah. beef with it. I mean, that's here nor there, I suppose. There's other other black label color schemes, design schemes you can get. So you're not beholden to the Central Park uh, if you do opt for if you, if you do opt for a navigator. But we drove that back um, through more hail and they were having a big storm coming in the next day. So it was very windy and all of that. So we really want to test out the new Active Glide uh, hands on, but lane centering, lane keeping assist, all of that blind spot monitoring technology. So yes. put that to the test. That's supposed to be um, an equivalent to Ford's Blue Cruise. It uses pretty much the exact same technology. And it's supposed to be just a step below uh, Cadillac Super Cruise and Tesla's a more advanced autopilot technology. And so we had that on and it wasn't the best. Um, 
you know, obviously you and I have tested a ton of vehicles with these types of level two autonomy systems. And it was on and off and on and off. Now it was easy to turn on and easy to turn off, but it was on and off and on and off. And it wasn't, there were times when it had a hard time staying in the lane and navigator's big. So there's not a lot of leeway from side to side, but somehow we managed to ping pong a lot. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I found like uh, some of these systems, like you're saying, we've tested out a bunch on other automakers cars. And sometimes when you're driving them, they run too far to waiting too long to tell you when they want you to take the wheel and really drive and pay attention. And so you're kind of, you can feel it as a, as a human, like, are we going to make this turn? Are we going to make this turn? I feel like we're not going to make this turn. Are, no, maybe. Oh no, we're not. I got to grab this little tighter. Absolutely. You know? And they wait very long. This one goes the other direction. It's like, you might not make this turn quick, take the wheel. So you feel like it's constantly telling you to take the wheel, which it sort of negates the whole, it's doing the driving for you. No, it's still required. I and mean, you're always supposed to be paying attention but it requires attention that almost makes it like, well, now it's just like I'm driving, driving. It is a different level because of stress it's, because it's not just yeah. you're driving, which isn't automated for you, but it is a, it, it's a routine, right? You're, you know how that's going to go. And then you, you're not only driving, you're also having to constantly be keeping up with the tech and you're constantly checking the tech and you're constantly looking at that. And it's just another level of stress. And so, you yeah. know, to be able to use the system without the, without the, all the lane keeping and all that, that was great. I mean, adv- uh, adaptive cruise control, fantastic. And that's as far as I really needed it to go with the navigator because it, it, it has so, it's just so, it's just not great. It's just not great. Yeah. It's, she looks so sad. If you could see her, she's like, it's just not great. I don't want to say it's not great, but it's not great. It's just not great. I want it to be better. Well, and it's the same thing. So right with Blue Cruise, I mean, Blue Cruise in the Ford Mustang Mach-E, I felt yeah. the same way. We had it in California driving on the highway. And I was just like, why is this not better? This should be better. Ford can do better. And Active Glide is not they where keep it's trying. at. I feel and, they're and all trying. You and, you know, eventually, I don't know, maybe someday these will all drive and make us feel like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But they're all quite, not quite. Not quite there. Not quite there yet. But also, yeah. it's hard. This autonomy stuff, even hands-on autonomy, is really hard. And just for people to say, you know, autonomous vehicles are around the corner. Yeah. They're not. They are nowhere close to around the corner. I mean, it's great that somebody can say, hey, our vehicle is going to come pick you up and be by itself. But in the end, it, it, you can't even tell me that blind spot monitoring works. Think of how far off yeah. we are for that. And so it's, you know, they're all stepping exit ramp. Um, I have an some exit brands- ramp at our house that every single car I've driven just about has thought I'm going to hit the sign. It's something about how the sign is positioned that says the exit number. And it warns me. And I actually had the automatic emergency braking kick in once because it thought I was, I'm like, I am actually on the road. Totally get that sign. So things aren't as ready as you think. There's things that should not do that that still do that. So. Well, and speaking of hitting the brakes, I think we are up against our time. I think we are. So I think we should let our listeners go. Yes. And we will have them come back around next time. So yeah, I am Nicole Wakelin. And I'm Eileen Falkenberg. Cole. And we will see you next time on Fast Women.